Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Marsha Talbot, Associate Broker at Howard Hanna Rand Realty. And I am with, with <laughs> David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. And we are here on WTBQ 93.5 FM. So we are a, a call-in show. So if you'd like to speak with us, uh, you can call us at 845-651-1110. Or you can text us, 845 328 3886 and we are streaming live on WTBQ. Yeah, that's David. what we do. We so, <laughs> <laughs> so Marsha, how was your weekend? What did you do? What did I do? I met with people who were thinking about putting their house on the market in September, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it to you yesterday yes. when we spoke because this is an older property and they were thinking that they should have a pre-inspection, pre-inspection. <laughs> Is it what I would call a historic home, 100 years old or so? Um, it was an old barn. I'm not sure. Oh, it's a converted age. barn. It's a converted barn. Wow, that's a fun thing to inspect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right. we will talk about that. And I think um, this is something that we haven't spoken about in general and Dave, you could talk about a pre-inspection. Pre-listing inspection, yeah. Um, particularly, you know, it's funny, in, in a market like the one we're in where real estate moves so quickly, uh, and it's so easy, you know, I don't wanna say it's easy, but you know, people list a home and in weeks, days even sometimes, it's, it's just easy. sold. It's not easy. Yeah. Well, you make it look easy, Marcia. You know, you and you and all the folks at Howard Hanna definitely make it look easy. Um, but I do know that you guys work very hard. You know, real estate agents are like, uh, they're like the duck in the pond. You know, they look all calm on the surface, but the little feet are spinning a million miles an hour. Sleepless nights. Yeah. <laughs> Ringing phones. Um, so the, but What's really, you know, so some people in this market, when real estate moves this quickly, forego the home inspection. They do. Uh, which, you know, I understand, but they want to get to closing. They want to get moving quickly. They don't want to have contingencies and hold things up. But I think even for the lister, right, it's super important to do a pre-listing inspection because it does a lot of things for you. First of all, it prepares you for the process of selling your home. It will level set expectations of the seller for price, for the quality of their home, for what's going on in it, and it'll get it'll prepare them for the negotiation process. Also, it gives them time to think about if there are any major things going on with the home, a foundation issue or structural issue that they may want to repair prior to listing the home. So they don't have to be taken by surprise by that when a buyer comes in with a home inspection and says hey you know you're you're the you're missing a structural truss or you know you have a bulging foundation uh that now is a 60 70 thousand dollar repair job yeah those things happen uh i've seen them far too many times out there so you want to be prepared for those things and understand what they are uh and be aware of how to negotiate them right and that's where we can kind of help with these things right as a rule we do not give estimates 
we have we call somebody who can give you an estimate because <laughs> I've been around a long time. Prices have changed. <laughs> they do. They do. I mean, I they're, they I can, I don't even give prices. Uh, yeah. What I do. The home, and just so our listeners understand what a home inspector really does, we're general practitioners, right? We're like that. We're like that family doctor that you go to when you have the sniffles, and he says, "All right, you know, here's a little amoxicillin. Go on home. Uh, you'll be fine in a day or two. But if you come in and you say, "I got chest pains, doc," he says, "Well, good. Here's a script. Go to a cardiologist." Exactly. That's exactly what we do. You know, uh, we might look at a, a small crack and say, okay, you know, no big deal. Seal that up. It, but if we see something that's a, a structural flaw, we're going to say consult an engineer, you know, for, for pricing and repair options. So, yes, it's been a busy market and things are still a little crazy. How many inspections did you do this oh, past month? Geez. You just told me this. Yeah, I, you know, me personally did over thirty uh, in uh, in June. Uh, happy birthday to me! Woo. That Is, was uh, when was your birthday? June sixteenth. Oh, yep. happy birthday! <laughs> so, <laughs> Belated. <laughs> it was a busy, busy month. There was no time for celebrating or anything, but um, and this month is just as busy. Uh, and the, the other guys in my group, uh, have all done similar numbers. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the pillar to post group here in, uh, in our territory, we racked up, I think 110 inspections in June. It's a lot. I remember one year when we did 40 art shows. In, not in a month, but in a two-month period. Yep. And that means traveling, loading and unloading trucks and every you know vans and everything. I know how tiring that could be. Oh, so. yeah. I, I mean, I'm extra I, sleep. You need I, extra sleep. There's no time for extra sleep. <laughs> uh, you a know, nap, a nap. I heard it yesterday. I am taking a little break at the end of the week, so uh, I'm trying to not schedule any work for myself for. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, I only have one job on Friday uh, trying to keep my time open because uh, I'm going down to Brooklyn for a sailing event. I was going to say, yeah, it's the uh, it's the uh, Ensign uh, Region One uh, Championship Regatta. So it's outside of Brooklyn, not in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. It's at the Miramar Yacht Club in Brooklyn, and uh, we'll be sailing on Sheepshead Bay. Yes, but not in Brooklyn. It's not Brooklyn? Well, yeah, but it's outside of the physical land. <laughs> I always think Well, yeah, but the, the, the club's on land. <laughs> so you can't sail in Brooklyn. <laughs> not down the street, no. Um, Flatbush you know. Avenue Regatta. <laughs> but we'll be staying in town, so, you know, yeah. That'll be fun. It is, seems to be the center of the universe. You know, I can't wait. Uh, it's because of COVID. I mean, we haven't done a lot of these events and uh, I, it's so exciting to get back into it. Uh, and I've been so busy with, with inspecting homes and making sure everybody has safe and happy homes that, you know, the, the, the hobby has been sort of put on the side and I'm just excited to get back in it, I see my friends. Uh, we've got people flying up from Georgia and driving up from South Carolina and coming in from all over the place. And it's going to just be uh, great. Yeah, Sounds like a little great. reunion, a lot of fun. We did a crazy thing that we haven't done for like 18 months the oh, other night. You went out to dinner. 
No, we didn't <laughs> quite go out. No, we went, well, yes, but we went to Great Barrington. What is that? Great Barrington is in the Berkshires, and we went to hear music. Oh, wonderful. And we had heard about it. It was actually folk music, I must admit. And it was somebody that my husband knew that was playing. Though, unfortunately, he was sick, so he wasn't playing. Oh. And we said, but we didn't know that. So we sa said, oh, that, wouldn't that be fun to go to? And then la later, in the, later in the afternoon, he said, which is unusual, do you want to go? And I said, let's go. Spontaneous was, road trip. And that was the first time we've done anything like that in so, so long. And I realized I was really happy that we were doing that. We went up on the Tunkhannock. Uh, it's a beautiful ride. Um, we got there. We did get home late. But um, it was fun. And um, it was a new old experience. Let me put it that way. That's wonderful. That is really nice. It's just, it, yeah, there is a feeling out there in the world these days that, that everything is really coming back to normal. You Only know? if you're vaccinated. Yeah, well, yeah. Vaccinated I am. So. Time for a it's break. It's time for a break. So stay with us. We'll be back shortly. This is Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey for over 10 years, I focus my business on Orange, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pillar to Post Home Inspectors is your number one choice when buying or selling a home in the Hudson Valley. Pillar to Post Inspectors are experienced, informative, and very knowledgeable. We will examine the structure, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical systems. Our thorough inspection will identify important factors, which may save buku dollars when making a home purchase. For more information or to schedule your home inspection, call the owner, David Wilner, at 845-610-5366. Visit PillarToPost.com backslash David Wilner. This is Marsha Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Howard Hanna Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand throughout the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marshatalbot.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying and selling process. Do you have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. That's right, Sunday morning today. Get up early. Let's hang out. Let's talk about cars. Let's all get smarter. Let's solve some car problems. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. Are you a foodie, a wine connoisseur, or love both? Then join the conversation every Thursday at 11 a.m. with Stephen Keeter and his renowned guests, restaurateurs, chefs, and sommeliers on Food for Thought, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. And welcome back to WTBQ 93.5 FM in New York and WGHT 98.3 FM in New Jersey. I'm David Wilner with Pillar to Post Home Inspectors, and I'm here with Marsh Talbot, Associate Broker, 
Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Stay with us. We have a special guest. Woo! A, a surprise. Hey. A surprise. Who do we have, Marsha? Good morning. Are you there, Dr. Hall? Good morning, Marsha. How are you? I am very well. And Great. we are excited to have you join us today. I told Dave a little bit about you in the back, you know, before we sat down here. Good. And we are both looking forward to hearing you. Well, I'm, discussing. I'm delighted to be on the show. Very excited to be back and to talk with you and, uh, and to discuss a very interesting subject. And that is uh, the uh, great artist Emilio Sanchez, uh, who is now uh, the post U.S. Postal System has just announced that they have put out a centennial stamp commemorating his his life, his birth in 1921. He would be 100 today, although he passed away in 1999. But Emilio Sanchez was one of the great uh, artists of uh, the 20th century uh, Latin American area and became uh, na- internationally known and uh, just a, a fascinating guy. He was born in Cuba, uh, came from a very prominent Cuban family, uh, and he came to New York, studied the Art Students League, um, and taught there for a while, and uh, went on and created his own studio. And um, eventually he, uh, he emigrated to the United States after the Cuban Revolution, and the family unfortunately lost all of their property and everything in Cuba. And uh, and remained here, but uh, found his way up to uh, to Warwick. And Lived to on Amity Road. <laughs> and to, and to Amity Road, to your neighborhood, yeah, Marcia. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, many uh, uh, artists of great fame uh, have lived in the Amity area and continue to do so, including your husband, of course, Jonathan, who I like to talk about this morning as well. Uh, but Emilio Sanchez was a very interesting guy. I mean, he. Um, he drew houses uh, and, and engaged in various architectural forms and themes. Uh, I like to think of him as, a, as an abstract artist. Had a wonderful effect on light and color. Uh, and he seemed to have loved uh, certain areas. For example, Manhattan. He did, did some beautiful pieces on uh, aspects of Manhattan skylines and, um, and sunsets over the Hudson River and uh, buildings in Morocco, those beautiful uh, Moroccan um, adobe-style homes and mosques and so forth. Uh, And he got to be very well-known and highly respected, um, right up with uh, Frida Kahlo and many other great Latin American uh, artists. And he... um, his work today can be uh, seen at MoMA, Museum of Modern Art, at the uh, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art, in the Philadelphia Museum of Art. In fact, uh, nearly 30 museums, major museums in the United States, have uh, hold his works. And uh, Mr. Sanchez, Emilio Sanchez, uh, spent quite a lot of time at his uh, lovely home in the little hamlet of Amity here in Warwick. Uh, and I thank uh, Jonathan Talbot, actually, for, uh, for bringing to my attention the fact that uh, uh, he is now on a stamp, a forever U.S. posted stamp, or his work of art, I should say, and his name and so forth. And uh, so if you get to the post office, um, you might want to buy some of those stamps and uh, pay tribute and honor Emilio Sanchez, who uh, 
was spent, I, I think, spent most of his time uh, in Warwick and the Amity area in the eight, 1980s and 90s. Right. I, I think he actually died in Warwick, too, in 1999. Uh, it was an area that he, uh, he loved. So um, I want to mention here that uh, uh, there really have been, over, over history, several dozens of, of Warwick painters, past and present, and, and achieved local, national, and even uh, international fame for their works. They've exhibited in leading galleries, museums like MoMA and the Whitney and Smithsonian and so forth. And their distinguished works hang in public and private institutions and homes. And today I just want to mention a few of them, uh, beginning with uh, Sanchez. Uh, I'm, uh, people will say, but Professor Ho, what about the, uh, the dancers? Uh, what about the, uh, the pianists like uh, Richard Kiley, uh, the actor, uh, I mean, like uh, Richard uh, Kimball, and actors like Richard Kiley and Gretchen Weiler, and the furniture makers and the uh, international loan photographers from our area and so forth. Well, um, I have covered some of those in a show I used to have on TBQ called History Alive, and some of them are in my book on um, People of the Valley, History of Warwick. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, there's not enough time to hardly touch the tip of the iceberg. But Warwick has always been known, at least for generations, as being a community that was very attractive to extremely creative people and people that went on and became, and became famous. And um, so, uh, Marsha, when you invited me to come on the show to, to talk about uh, some of these people, I... I uh, said, yeah, sure, I'd love, love to do it. I'll talk about some of my favorites. Um, and sometime, maybe in the future, uh, I'll come back and I can talk about our great furniture makers uh, like Dan Mack and, and the dancers and all these other people. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. That's what makes Warwick such an exciting place to, to live in and to study uh, as well. And now I'm thinking also of Robert Widman, uh, yes. born in 1935, and uh, he was uh, and and lives in the Amity area. And he not Amity. Pardon? Not Amity. Where does he live? Mm-mm. He lives in Warwick. He lives in Warwick, but I'm not going. But uh, maybe it's, it's not Amity. <laughs> but uh, anyway, probably might be Edenville. One of our one of our wonderful little hamlets that make up the town of Warwick. But Robert Whitman um, was uh, has been a seminal multimedia uh, artist uh, doing theater pieces, going back some of his greatest ones, I think, were in the 1960s and 70s, but he continues to do exciting things, combining visual and sound images. He was a, he's a real pioneer in multimedia installations, and, and what I find most interesting, too, is his ability and success in collaborating with engineers and scientists and other people, building them into his techniques and into his art itself. And uh, he's really very, very creative guy. And some of his pieces are, are in MoMA, I know. And, of course, I'd like to, uh, to mention my old and dear friend, Jonathan, your husband. Who, uh, <laughs> this is, was not done for a plug. <laughs> uh, no, it isn't. It is. In fact, Jonathan may not even know I'm going to mention his name this morning. But he, um, he is a collage artist known nationally and internationally uh, across our country. Uh, m- many of his works uh, have been exhibited in great galleries and museums uh, in our country and overseas. And 
You can even see one of the, I think one of his really most interesting works is up at the Thrall uh, Library in, in, in Middletown. He's got a mural up there, uh, and uh, you can see it as you come into the library. It's really quite, quite uh, stunning. And um, we, uh, we have a number of Jonathan's works, and I know other people do too. And he, um, he's known, I, I, to my mind, uh, nationally because he's, he's done workshops on collage making uh, across the country at, at, on college campuses and all over the place. And, uh, and he really is uh, one of the most innovative, I think, and respected uh, collage artists uh, in, our, in our country today, a real innovator. Innovator and of course an author too. Um, I'm thinking, uh, what was his book, Martha? You can help me. Collage: A New Approach. Yes, that's correct. And <clears throat> here he he discusses his techniques. They're very innovative, path-breaking, removing liquid adhesives from uh, a collage from his collage assemblies, and that was a, a rather uh, interesting technique. And uh, and he's written some other books as well. Very prolific writer abstract, a teacher, workshop leader, uh, and we're lucky to have him right here. And, of course, you guys do live in Amity, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. And you've Thank been you, there Dick. for a long time. That was time really and, kind. <laughs> and I, I have tremendous respect for, actually, for both of you. And, oh, and, and uh, I think uh, uh, Jonathan has exhibited at galleries like the National Academy and others that I can't recall immediately, but I know there have been many, there are many, many. I'm also thinking of another good friend. Uh, he has passed away. That's Len Lye, L-Y-E. Len uh, was one of the most famous New Zealand artists, really, of the 20th century. There's even a museum in his uh, honor and memory uh, in New Zealand. But he emigrated to the United States very early on. He was born in 1901, died uh, up here, I think, in Warwick in 1980. Um, and I, an artist primarily known for his experimental films and his mm-hmm. connected sculptures. Uh, he was clearly uh, uh, an, an avant-garde person in, in the area of experimental films, performing and uh, direct filmmaking, films, interestingly, made without a camera. Uh, he, would, he would scratch on the celluloid or paint directly onto the celluloid film, a, a fascinating technique and one of the first if not the first to do that, uh, and and he was, I would also call his work stencil animation. But Len's Len's works were really wonderful, and he and his wife uh, lived in the village of Warwick for a number of years, as well as in Greenwich Village in New York. I'm also thinking of Frederick Franck. Uh, the uh, he was born in the Netherlands, uh, Dutch, uh, a real polymath, uh, Frederick. He he was an oral surgeon. And went on to become a uh, to, to become a, an artist, and an artist that developed an international reputation. Uh, and he uh, uh, founded Pachamin Terrace here in Warwick, which is a trans-spiritual center uh, for meditation and for seeing his art. Uh, uh, Dr. Frank had a gallery uh, here on the Wawianda Creek in Warwick, and in a beautiful old. Uh, stone mill uh, on the property, and uh, he uh, wrote there, wrote many, many books with filled with his wonderful illustrations, particularly the ones that he made with the installation of what was a Pope John, um, and uh, they hang all over the world. Uh, 
really a, an interesting guy, a visionary, a philosopher, uh, and he explored spirituality through through his artworks, and his artworks were really uh, prolific. Uh, he passed away uh, not too many years ago. Um, can't remember the exact dates now, but he was born in about 1901, 1902. He passed away about 15 years ago. But Pachamanteras is still available to the public, and it's a beautiful place to just meditate and enjoy Frederick's uh, uh, works, his illustrations, and also his sculpture, too, which uh, uh, some of the law in the banks of the rapidly flowing Wauwanda. And not too far from uh, Pachaman Terrace is, is the homestead of Lois Lane. Lois Lane uh, is a famous abstract graphic. I would call her a graphic artist, I guess. She uses a combination of different uh, print surfaces, her work is very mysterious. Uh, frankly, as much as I enjoy it, it's, it's just mysterious. It's deeply evocative and full of imagery. Uh, and her works, well, she uses oil, by the way, and gesso and metallic paint. And uh, her works can be found in the Willard Gallery. She's had a number of major exhibitions there and in the Whitney uh, and elsewhere. And if we, uh, uh, if we move just a few miles beyond her... Uh, you would have found the studio of the late Laura Brightman, B-R-E-I-T-M-A-N. Uh, Brightman uh, passed away just a few years ago. She was a really a nationally known embroidery artist, uh, a fabric, uh, I, call her, I call her, I guess, a fabric collage artist, uh, making collage art uh, in fabric, uh, fiber, cloth, and even paper. Uh, she was a textile designer too i would think of i think of her as a textile designer using brilliant colors by the way in her collages uh new techniques with fab working with fabric and making photorealist collages out of a out of whole cloth uh really quite striking they were and, beautiful yeah just beautiful and the technique was quite innovative uh, right. all these people i'm mentioning here by the way I have always respected for their innovative thinking, uh, path-breaking works. Dick, excuse me, before we move on to the next, I think we have to take a break. Sure. So stay with us and learn about Warwick and the secrets of its artists. This is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Right now is a great time to buy or sell. Buyers can take advantage of historically low interest rates and sellers can get top dollar for their home in this high demand market. Our agents utilize the most innovative tools and market knowledge to help you achieve your real estate goals. Give us a call at 845-986-4848. At Howard Hanna Rand Realty, home happens here. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. 
questions. Call Mike Van Mansart now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. This is Allie Berman inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. on Winning Together with the number one team of personal injury attorneys at Sobo & Sobo. Call or text into the show and get answers to all your questions right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks. I'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. WTBQ GHT Weather. Mostly cloudy skies this morning, then some sun will break out as you go through the day. There's a slight risk of a scattered shower or thunder shower later this afternoon. Highs should reach into the low 80s. Isolated shower, otherwise partly cloudy tonight, low in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, look for a fair amount of sunshine. will be warm, highs in the mid to the upper 80s. Isolated shower late, cloudy tomorrow night with a low in the mid-60s. Could be some showers around. And then on Wednesday, showers or thunderstorms, especially in the afternoon, highs in the middle 80s. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Marsha Talbot, Associate Broker, Howard Hanna-Rand Realty, co-hosting today. David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. And our special guest, Dr. Richard Hull, discussing community and who lives here and how different people contribute to our general good. We're making talking, Warwick special. Yeah, talking about a little bit about lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, for our listeners to understand that, you know, I, I mean, as both of us are, are Warwick residents, you know, we're a little biased towards Warwick uh, and, uh, and Sugarloaf and the surrounding area. I'm actually a Sugarloaf guy, but, uh, you know, we... Um, we'll let you in. We're, spe- <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is a special place to live. I mean, it's full of historic structures, beautiful architecture, wonderful culture, art, food. Uh, it's a destination. You know, it it's a, a place for people to come and, uh, and a great way to unwind and relax. So, uh, Dr. Hull. Yeah. So tell us more. I mean, what all, uh, can you, what are some other important historical figures, artists or, 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 or any, you know, anybody that, uh, that you can think of that might interest some of our listeners out there. Sure, David. Uh, well, I, um, I'm really uh, focusing mainly on painters today, only because uh, uh, if I talked about the, just the uh, dozens and dozens of uh, creative people who are living in Warwick today and or lived here in the past and are no longer with us um, in life, uh, I, 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 beyond, I, we'd be talking till probably five o'clock this afternoon, but <laughs> yeah. they will throw yeah. us out of the station. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm just going to focus on a few painters and some of them who I have tremendous respect for, um, in, in so many ways for their, for their works mainly, but for, for just being fascinating people, very creative. So I've been uh, talking about that earlier on your program and, I want to go back a little bit into history because my field is history, and um, uh, and I've always been fascinated by Jasper Cropsey. Jasper Cropsey had a beautiful home here in Warwick called Aladdin at the turn of uh, coming into the 20th century in the 18. Um, well, he was active here in the 1870s, uh, 80s, 90s, and right up until his death, I think, was in 1901. Um, He's considered one of the like Hudson Valley artists, isn't he? Ab- Hudson River. David. Hudson River. 
Yeah, Hudson River School. Yes. yes. And in fact, uh, he was really the one of, one of the leading figures of the Hudson River School, particularly in, in the later part of the 19th uh, century. World famous. He went to England, was uh, uh, invited to Buckingham Palace by Queen Victoria, looked at one of his landscapes. He was a landscape artist. Looked at one of his landscapes painted in the fall of Mount Adam and Mount Eve, and she said, Now, Mr. Cropsey, please, uh, aren't you exaggerate, exaggerating the colors uh, of those trees? I mean, they're so brilliant and striking. He said, uh, No, um, that is the way those are the real colors of those trees. And she was quite incredulous, And but uh, the following year, he sent her a box of leaves from the Warwick Valley, our various trees. And she wrote back and said, oh, my God, you really uh, uh, were telling, you were really very accurate. You do have the most amazing trees, don't you? And uh, so that was uh, uh, a great compliment. But he was well known uh, throughout uh, America, of course, and, and overseas. And Cropsey lived here. He married locally. His family, they, they were a Hudson River family, the Cropsies. Um, and he uh, uh, was not, not only an artist, not only a landscape painter, and painted a lot of landscapes around Warwick, um, like Wickham Lake and our Mount Adam and Eve and um, the Bearford Mountains and just so many wonderful scenes. But he painted elsewhere around the country, too. And he was also an architect, actually. Um, he was an architect, and he um, uh, uh, did some very interesting work. But he was most famous as being one of the leaders in the Hudson River School of Artists. And uh, you can actually see a lot of his art. A very wealthy woman has been spending years and years collecting Cropsey art, Cropsey pieces. Uh, we had one in, in our library in Warwick uh, at one time, which uh, unfortunately we sold so we could expand the library, the Wisner Library. This is about 40 years ago. Uh, but uh, Cropsey's works can be seen in Hastings on Hudson, just across the river, at a museum in a beautiful home, um, museum home, uh, that is dedicated to Hudson River painters and mainly to Cropsey. And uh, uh, it's called the uh, Newington Cropsey uh, Museum. And it's established, it was established by a foundation, it's well endowed, and it's really worth a visit. I mean, it, they have. Uh, dozens of Cropsey, Cropsey's works, as well as some other ones as well. It's really quite impressive, and they have regular exhibitions. So I would highly recommend, uh, highly recommend that. I was um, uh, I was in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, uh, you know, a while ago with my wife, and just a, a day in the city for the two of us, and we're walking through, just looking at the art, and there's a Cropsey hanging in the Met that is Sugarloaf oh, yeah. Mountain. And I said, "Hun, that's the view out our front door." <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's an exciting thing to see when you're you're not in a place where you expect to see anything from home, and then all of a sudden, this thing reaches out and touches you. Yeah. And and it's such a stunning, it's such a stunning painting, and and just a beautiful scene that, uh, you know, it's it's so wonderful to have these type of artists and people out there that bring bring your home to other people and share yeah. it with other people. Yes. So I was going to say that he lived on Warwick Turnpike, um, just right. behind, just above where Pennings is. Yeah. And there's a historic marker yes. that somebody could stop if there's not a lot of traffic yeah. and read a little bit about him. 
Oh, so, I've driven past it. Yeah, I know it's out, a blue and gold sign, right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. See my voice? That yeah. Is... He's, he was really, I would say he's probably uh, one of the greatest uh, painters that, in Warwick's history. Uh, and his house, Aladdin, uh, he designed, and it was just a beautiful place that tragically in about 1910, 1912, burned in a spectacular fire. It was a huge house because Cropsey made a lot of money in his work. I mean, he was famous uh, long before his death, and uh, he built this beautiful house on his lovely estate, and um, and you could see down into the Warwick Valley and, and northward to the Catskills. And uh, when that house burned, they said you could see it from all over Orange County. It was such a spectacular fire that burned totally to the ground, oh. just totally mm. to the ground. And, um, Should have had a good home inspector. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've seen I've seen photographs and drawings of the house and the interior, his studio and so forth. Then it really, I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, it, it, if it were standing today, it would that definitely be a national architectural landmark, really so, on the on the did, national register. Was it like Olana? I mean, Aladdin, Olana. Was was that in the? Um, Oriental in influence in the house? Not so much Oriental, more really more Victorian, actually. Okay. Um, a frame house. That's why the I think the fire was so spectacular. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was fully equipped, uh, very modern in the interior in those days. Their kitchen, their bathrooms, and everything. It was electrified too. One of the few houses that had electricity. It was an electric fire. <laughs> well, so, I don't know how that was started. In, in a lot of in a lot of historic homes. Uh, you know, when there was when there was longer timber to be had, right? I mean, today we all homes are built with engineered lumber, yeah. uh, and it's hard to get anything over you know ten, fifteen feet. Um, but uh, what you know what they did back in the day, homes were were wood frame, but they were what we call balloon framing, and yeah, those could right. be thirty foot long timbers that were cut to beams, and then they were hoisted up into place, and that type of balloon flame framing allowed fires to conduct inside the walls yes and so they a fire could start on a lower floor and spread so very right quickly to a higher floor that's they were in baffles right yes so they're in modern even if we do uh if we retrofit historic homes today we put in fire breaks uh baffles in there to help prevent the spread so quickly yeah yeah but it's interesting though the property is still intact um, part of it is, uh, I think, makes up the uh, Pennings apple orchard, and uh, it uh, it was really it, it could be seen from the valley. Uh, people would travel by train through Warwick and look up and see this uh, a distance in the distance and see this estate on on the hillside uh, off the Warwick Turnpike. It was really pretty stunning. But so Jasper Crops, we were very proud of him and. A few people in Warwick have Cropsey paintings, not very many, because they sell for millions of dollars today. Um, but he um, and he had interns, he had assistants that painted uh, the Warwick area and also achieved uh, national uh, renown. Uh, so he he did have quite quite a strong influence uh, as well. But uh, there, there's uh, you know I should also mention by the way. Um, a gentleman who came through work in the 1830s, came through Orange County, and he was what you would call a marbleizer, a marbleizer. 
and what he did in in uh, homes of wealthy people and in churches he would take a just a plastic wall and and mar and paint paint it in such a way that it looked like marble and he had his own technique and he traveled all around at least the northeastern part of the United States hey Dr. Hall yeah time for a break oh uh, okay <laughs> um. <coughs> Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. O'Keefe & McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe & McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Howard Hanna Rand Realty for more than 20 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs. And then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well. And whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia, too, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your and welcome back to WTBQ 93.5 FM in New York and WGHT uh, 98.3 FM in New Jersey. I'm David Wilner, your host from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors, and I'm with Marsha Talbot, co-hosting today, uh, Associate Broker Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and welcome back, Dr. Hall. Thank you. Great to be on your show, really. Uh, it's great to have you, Dr. Hall. Well, good. Well, we've been talking about... Uh, great painters uh, in the Warwick area, mainly in Warwick, but uh, uh, Sugarloaf, like Kurt Sutherland, by the way, in, in Sugarloaf, he had a studio and a beautiful barn in the hamlet and brought in some of the great artists of the world. He was a surrealist artist, and, uh, oh, just, I, I can't even begin to tell you the number of uh, uh, leading artists of the 20th century who came up to Sugarloaf and would spend weekends on Kurt's farm. Dr. Uh, Hall, what do you think attracted so many influential artists to this area? I, I think it's really our, our topography our, and, and, and ecological diversity. I mean, this, this valley that runs through here, uh, 
really extending down from Washingtonville right down into New Jersey. Um, it just has so much life, so many uh, interesting mountains, like Sugarloaf. I mean, Sugarloaf is what we call a baldy. Yes. Uh, trees don't go in, on the summit, and you can climb up that 1,300-foot mountain, and you can see everywhere for miles down into New Jersey and up into the uh, Catskill Mountains, and uh, it's just uh, 360 degrees. And and the beautiful lakes, like Wickham Lake, I think one of Cropsey's greatest works, to my mind, uh, was the painting he did on the on the shore of Wickham Lake, which is now a town park, as you probably know, Warwick Town Park. Right. And um, and it looks oh it looks over the lake and northward to Sugarloaf Mountain. Uh, and it's just a beautiful piece he did in the 1870s. And the one he did of Greenwood Lake, uh, he uh, perched beautiful. himself on a big rock on the northern end of Greenwood Lake and painted Greenwood Lake in 1873, I think it was. And uh, the Orange County Land Trust was so impressed with that property uh, that they uh, acquired it, and it's now uh, going to be added, almost as I speak, to the Sterling Forest uh, State Park. Uh, it's about 140 acres or so, and uh, and we have identified the very rock that Cropsey sat on and painted that that wonderful work of art. Uh, what do you what do you think it does for a community for the you know for the regular people who live in the community to have this kind of this special attraction to all these creative minds? Well, tremendous pride first of all, tremendous pride, and secondly, I think. It, it embeds in our minds and on our emotions and feelings and into our heart uh, a sense of place. A, a sense belonging, of place. right? A sense of, uh, you know, I, I certainly, as a resident here, feel a sense of responsibility also to, to take care of it and to preserve that and promote it. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, Warwick was, uh, one of, well, it was first in Orange County and one of the first in the state of New York uh, to uh, set up what we call a, a community preservation fund. And that is funded through a real estate transfer tax, actually, a tiny tax, three-quarters of 1% on, on sale of property over a certain amount of money. But it's brought in millions of dollars. And with that money, uh, the town has purchased development rights over uh, woodlands and farmlands, mainly farmlands that are producing food, but woodlands as well. And, and uh, we've acquired more than 5,000 acres just through the PDR mechanism. Uh, that's money is put into a special fund for not only land preservation but architectural preservation as well, uh, and uh, it's it's worked miracles. And so as a result, Warwick has a lot of of preserved land and and uh, numbers of preserved buildings uh, as well. Uh, but oh I, yes, I'm I'm part of the Warwick Historical Society, and we do have a number of preserved buildings and. Uh, uh, even Baird's Tavern, you know, is is owned by the Historical oh, Society and and is yeah. now actually a revenue-producing, you know, yeah. uh, entity out there. Well, it's, it's returned as a tavern. I mean, people can't believe that that was a that before the American Revolution. That was a a well-known tavern, and uh, and it's come full circle just recently, and it's been restored as a as a tavern. Yeah, uh, which is wonderful to see. That that goes back to the 1770s. As does, a, as does a new restaurant that will be opening very soon in September, we think, uh, over uh, next to the Chateau Hathorne restaurant. And that house was built in 1773 by a general 
uh, John Hathorne, who was our first congressman after the American Revolution and it's a, a Revolutionary building. War patriot. And, and a family have restored that in a beautiful way. It's just beautiful. And uh, that will be opening very soon as a, as a, as a restaurant. Uh, but but they they've, uh, really have done a great job in, in preserving that structure that was really practically on the verge of uh, qualifying for demolition. Not quite. Well, I must say. The roof was just leaking water all over the place. But they, <laughs> hey, they, let they the really home inspector nice tell you that. <laughs> it's beautiful if you yeah. drive by. But it was a beautiful, I mean, I was in the building prior to the time that they purchased it. And yes, it needed a ton of work. A ton of work. But the bones were there, as we say in the profession. Yep. It was a beautiful building. And yeah. we're really all excited that it's been restored and that it, people will be able to enjoy it. That's it's really right. a plus. Really a plus. Yeah, and there are just many examples of that all over Warwick. But yes, preservation uh, has been almost built into our DNA, actually, I, I think. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, I, I rarely hear anybody these days saying, oh, but look, this land over here, that's just an empty lot, and that's not worth anything, and so forth. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think people have gained a huge appreciation, and I think that's why it's attracting so many people. So many people want to come up here and buy homes and start businesses, because they just uh, love it. I mean, in some respects, traveling through Warwick is like going into a time warp. I mean, it's just amazing i mean we still here we are in the new york metropolitan area and yet um if you include parts of the sterling forest park which lie in the town of warwick uh there's no other community in orange county that that has so much land in in preservation uh, yeah. maybe outside of highlands with the west point preserve but um i know when my when my wife and i first moved up here i mean we used to say that this was uh we would describe it to friends as a flashback to the 1950s we got a drive-in and a oh, main yeah. street Still and have there's a drive-in <laughs> and a sense of community uh, you know that that strong sense of community that belongs to this very local area that uh we still have block parties we know all our neighbors you know yeah. i think that 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 comes from a certain cultivated culture uh, Definitely. and I think art has a lot to do with that oh absolutely absolutely there's no question about it I mean the artists have uh, brought uh, visual images to the forefront uh, people will look at a wonderful painting and say oh wow look at that that's a uh, uh, you know the Wawi on the creek and look at the wildlife around it and so forth and not just painters but photographers as well I mean we have some really world-class photographers in our area too I mean I'm thinking of someone like Nixon Goley for example Boy. exposures gallery right over the border in Sugarloaf which incidentally was one time part of Warwick before 1845 oh, really uh, yeah well, maybe yeah. we'll incorporate it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back. <laughs> I think we ought to put it back in, into Warwick again. <laughs> I agree. So, but anyway, it's really we are an extraordinary village and quite unique and quite. Um, you know what's also interesting? It, while everyone is very deeply imbued with tradition and history and so forth, it's also a progressive town. I mean, it has vision too. I mean, we were one of the first communities in New York State to establish a town shade tree commission back in the 1960s. And, and the first official town historian in the state of New York 
was uh, Mrs. Van Duzer, Elizabeth Van Duzer, over 100 years ago. Um, but, you know, people looked forward. They looked ahead, and I think we still are today. We're saving land not only for our generation's enjoyment, but for our children, their children, and, you know, for, for, for the future as well. Well, that's one of the greatest things about it, right? Preserving the land, preserving the the community and the culture, also pre- preserves the value. Oh, definitely, yes. You know, when I dr- take people around, when we used to drive people in our car, which we no longer do, <laughs> but but with cell phones, it's great because they're in my yeah. That w- so we have the conversation, and yeah. one of the things that I always do, and most most other realtors do is drive by a preserved farm to explain what that means if they move to warwick right yeah Yeah. you know it's very important and there they are looking at beautiful land with this lovely green and yellow sign you know that says what it is and why the town looks the way it does so yes that's uh we're all in favor of that and we know that in the past that was questionable for many because it we do know that it adds some money to the closing costs, and people seem to be okay with that. They seem to be okay because the Community Preservation Fund, for example, was voted by, uh, by the citizens, the voters of Warwick. It was a town resolution, and, and it passed. I mean, there, there was a large number of people 20 years ago that said, look, look, hey, Will. Hey, Dr. Hall, uh, I'm sorry that? to interrupt you, but we're running out of time on yes, our show here. I know. <laughs> so uh, I want to take a, a second just to say thank you so much for being our guest today. It was well, very welcome. informative. You're and, welcome, uh, David and Marcia. It's a real pleasure being on your show. Well, I learned a lot today. Um, about I, Many of the artists I know, yeah. uh, but there were some interesting aspects of each of them um, that I didn't know. Good. So I, I feel that it was an art lesson, a history lesson, and a Warwick lesson. Oh, so wonderful. So thank you so much for joining us. You're an amazing welcome. community we have here. We are very lucky people. Yes, we are. We're blessed. So to our listeners out there, tune in next week at 10 a.m., between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. to hear the Real 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 Estate Show. Mm-hmm.